Good. I like how he just leaves a crack stem, a bowl, and a cigarette in the ashtray, even though the one is not a crack stem. <laughs> but it definitely looks like it's used for smoking crack. Is that for weed? Dude, it does not look it. I know. That looks like it's for something, yeah. <laughs> something else. Look at that thing right there. Jesus. Benjamin Franklin make that for you? <laughs> <laughs> that looks fucking... That's hilarious. It's the potent potion machine. <laughs> looks like something out of Harry Potter. Holy shit. I was, I was talking about Sam earlier. Like, I, like when we were on the phone, I was like, yeah, we're going to get deep into him. <laughs> and I could, like, see my roommate look at me just like, okay. <laughs> has, it, has anyone ever called you Nick Scrotum Levy? No. Scrobolim, Scrobolimi. No, I've gotten all sorts of weird names, but not that. We've got Naki Scrobolemi here today. And he's a guest, and he's going to guest with us. <laughs> I just realized you walked into like a twisted episode oh of the Eric Andre my God. show. <laughs> What's happening? Well, Nick, one thing I noticed is that you ever see that gif of Kanye laughing and then he goes to Sirius? Yeah. He's like, that's, that's I feel like you constantly at the sea grape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pissed. <laughs> Dude, that, by the way, that joke last time you made, uh, where you said, this is the real stress factory, yeah. that was oh so good. <laughs> I thought about that this morning at work. I was like, yo, that was fucking funny. And then I said, Thinny Brand. And oh, it was I like, missed that. And it was yeah. like, nobody I thought you said Thinny Brand. And I, cause I, was no, like, said, oh, I was like, oh, that was funny. I know you said Thinny Brand. That, yeah. Oh, my God, that was so good. Why didn't people laugh? Because they, I don't think they got because it. Because they didn't get who Vinny Brand was. They should, though. It's been, he's the mayor Everyone, of Bridgeport. All Ben's family in there has been to Stress Factory, and obviously we all fucking have. But, yeah. like, Thinny Brand. Well, Dude, like I missed that. was so good. The 70 or 80 <laughs> other people in the <laughs> audience who didn't know. Well, fuck the Yeah, 80 people, sure. It's a huge. We actually had a record last night for the most people ever in the Sea Grape. <sighs> no. It was a tremendous show. Uh, I'm excited to see when the college kids come back. Well, that's going to be like. Oh, in, like, November, December? Yeah. No, like. Two weeks from now. <laughs> oh, because oh did they get a second gosh, break? We made Dude, it. yeah, they're fucking. I made it. I don't. I didn't go in college long enough to get to that break. I guess. No, they start. They usually don't start till fucking after Labor Day. Most schools. Most Fuck. colleges, I think. I remember. Oh, I used you're to get talking out, about I used the, to get fair, the Fairfield U kids coming back. Yes. Oh, because I always forget there's schools here. <laughs> you know, it's funny. People are like, "Yeah, I went to college in Connecticut." I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> A lot of kids, you never notice like a lot of kids from Long Island go to Sacred Heart. It's like only, Fairfield. no, no, no. That's, that's been like a known thing since I was in middle school is Long Island trash comes up to Sacred Heart. I love Long Island. My girlfriend's from Long, Long Island, so I can say that. They're, <laughs> I'm yeah. sure she'd appreciate that. She hates Long Island more than anyone. Everyone that's from Long Island that does not live there anymore does not like Long Island. <laughs> it's the LIT. It's lit. Long Island trash. I like Long Island, man. No, she gets like um, I do well out there. Island. I do well out there with the women just because of my look. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a bald guinea. Like, oh, perfect. This guy you, fits right in. You friends with bagel guy? What? You friends with bagel guy? Yeah, my dad was a bagel guy, dude. Well, no, you know the bagel guy who got that short. Oh, guy? I saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Dude, my dad owned a bagel store in New York but for Marinette, 30 right? years. Yeah. yeah. So, But I heard he didn't make the bagels. He was a, he was a bagel sourceman. He tried to and then went bankrupt. <laughs> Trying to make the bagels? Yeah. It was bagel. bad timing. It's bad timing. He expanded his business and then my mother got sick with breast cancer. So it was like... It was wow. like the worst timing you could have fucking imagined. Bagel bankruptcy. So Yeah, for real. <laughs> That's what happened. And he was like, fuck, that was shitty. That's like my dad's like, he's like yeah, well, that sucked. Just shove yeah. it down. Yeah, I don't. He never really talks about it. Now, now I get him to. He's gone bankrupt twice. I get him to talk about it, though. What are your qualifications? On like what? We haven't really. I mean, we've kind of started, but we haven't really started. I was gonna yet. say, are we starting? Uh, yet? No, no, you'll you'll know when we start because I'll go into some like spiel. All right, my qualifications as a fitness person. Yeah, the personal trainer. Oh, uh, let's see. I got my bachelor's in exercise science from Springfield College. Go, you're gonna have to do this again, so just peripherally. That's fine. Bachelor's in exercise science from Springfield College. I have. Just got my one, two, three, fifth certification. Um, what else? I'm trying to think. I've done an internship at the University of Missouri. Used to work with fucking old people. Oh, Springfield, <laughs> Missouri is where you went to school. Trained athletes. It's, sort of, it's like your fifth pat on the head in the men's room. It's like this. <laughs> 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 so yeah, How'd you know? Hey, you did a good job, kid. That's how, uh, <laughs> that's how I met Greg, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I just did that certification. He looks like he would just, like, be able to, like, pay people to suck his dick in the bathroom. <sighs> he just has an aura about him. You know, he doesn't need to pay. You, I just, didn't, you just want to suck He his just dick. commands. Yeah. He's a boss. Beast. You know what I mean? I don't think so. You just hammer that double shot espresso. I'm about to hammer another one, too. Dude. <laughs> I told him. I told him. Don't go to McDonald's this morning. 30 minutes later, I get a photo of what? You went to McDonald's? What happened <laughs> to the diet? There was a photo of chicken and eggs about a week and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that? Oh, the diet's fucking done. The <laughs> 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 diet died. The diet died. Was it even like born? You abort the diet? I faked it for a lunch. Oh, my God. Like you fake a pregnancy test, you fake a diet. Draw that extra blue line on there. <laughs> <laughs> you all right, man? Yeah, I'll be all right in a minute. I, I literally hate to pull up. It's all right. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I got a date after this. You have a date? That same girl that you blew us off for last time? No, another girl. Uh, loyal he is. I'm out here dating, bro. What do you want me to do? But how, what's it like dating in like your early 30s, though? It's not bad. Depends who you, you meet. How do you get dates? Online. Just do like apps. I just have like the Hinge app. That's the only app I use. I don't like Tinder or Bumble or any what, of that shit. What's it called? It's called Hinge. And you're hitting? Hitting, yeah. It's done well with that. Getting your dick sucked a done lot? Done well with that. Not a lot, but enough to keep me sane. He's not complaining that he's not getting his dick sucked. No, it's not bad in your early 30s. Actually, it's more comfortable now than it probably has ever been because you know, like, I hate to, you know, be this guy, but, like, you know who the fuck you are yeah. and, like, what you want, and you're not, like, trying to impress anyone. Well, you just don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, there, there's definitely, there's absolutely that. Like, you definitely, a part of you just doesn't give a fuck, but it's also, like, you're comfortable. Like, you're like, I know what I want. I know who I am. I don't need to, like, 
I don't need this girl or whoever I'm out to like me. If mm-hmm. she doesn't like me, it's okay. It's all right. I'll be okay. I'm imag- I don't need your approval. I'm imagining you dating a jaded woman who's in mildly good shape. <laughs> is that is that the yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> would sum never it up. See you with a front dump chump. <laughs> oh <my laughs> what is God. that? A front dump chump queen. Does that mean she have a big belly? I'm confused. I mean she's. <laughs> Just pooping out the front <laughs> everywhere. God, I just fucking farted. It smells terrible. All right, are we recording yet? What's happening? We've yeah, we're recording. recording. We're about to get going. Here. I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. He's got to get medicated. Try to wait till we kind of zero in on why you're here, Elite Fitness snack. Um, Did you say call this about? Like I said, dude, you can literally talk about that. We can talk about comedy. We can talk about my fucking life. Fucking. Talk about my grandmother dying. I want to have your dad on here and talk about running the fucking Monroe McDonald's for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> that was interesting. It's definitely. Right, you ready? I'm ready. ready. This is uh, Friday, right? No, next Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to have you and Greg back to back for all the six people listening. Thanks, John Murray. Thanks, Connor Simcox. <laughs> <laughs> and our 800 listeners in Poland. <laughs> we love you guys. So next Friday is, this Friday is the 23rd, next Friday is the 30th. Yeah. Perfect. When we talk about the show, the 31st, we tease the word tomorrow. I know this is very confusing. I think you're just going to confuse everyone. We, we, could just just sh- we could just say the 31st. Yeah. We could just literally say it's the thirty first. Why this are you comes trying to create a conspiracy 30th. out of nothing? <laughs> Today is Friday, August thirtieth. <laughs> <laughs> Cut. We on Fox News. Did you uh, did you let the other guy know time to the BTX guy? BTK. Not not Gene McKenna. My friend Anthony. <laughs> That's my boy. BTK. BTX. Uh, my friend Anthony, your next guest. Yeah. Oh, you know him. My best friends. I was fourteen. He's the one oh. who hooked us up, dude. I didn't. I, and then the guy came to the show and he's like, "Oh yeah, you know Nick." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Yeah, Nick's pretty. I know Nick, kind of. He's where is he?" I'm like, "He's in there. You didn't see him." He's like, "Oh, I'll go in there and find him." The Are we talking about the other dude? We're talking about Dane again? No. This guy calls me frantically, just like I got this guy, I got this guy, this guy. I'm like, I don't, I don't know who it is. Just to bring more strangers into my home. <laughs> Dude, Nick are you Brain. done with that? Dude, are you ready, bro? <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> man. You're giving me anxiety. Let's this is go. this is the weirdest foreplay I've ever seen. I just don't know what to do. You got Nick here. It's like weird. What do you mean it's weird? I'm just going to start this if you're not going to start this. Today is Friday, August 30th. Welcome to the Altered Cognition Podcast. I'm Nick Breen, and I'm here with my co-host, Jesse Green, and our special guest today, comedian... Fitness expert, former fitness blogger with a fitness podcast, Nicholas Scopoletti. What's up? It's really good to have you here, buddy. I'm excited to kind of delve into this and kind of peel back a few layers of the onion and see what really <laughs> makes the uh, makes the gears turn in this fucking <laughs> monster we call Nick Scopoletti. There's <laughs> not much up there, but I'll try my best, you know. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about your professional background uh, prior to comedy? 
prior to comedy, so my background is in fitness. I'm a personal trainer at um, Equinox in Southport, Connecticut. I have my bachelor's in exercise science from good old Springfield College. We invented basketball. John Cena is an alumni, just so everyone knows that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Got to meet him. Senior year was great. But uh, I ho- senior, senior year. Senior year. <laughs> <laughs> he was cool as fuck. I can tell you that story, too. Um, I have multiple certifications through National Strength and Conditioning uh, Association, a certified functional strength coach. Certified conditioning coach. I just got my precision nutrition. So I have like five different certifications. Precision nutrition. Precision nutrition. Uh, it's a great certification. Now, so who, uh, what, what licensing or governing agency uh, administrates these certifications? There's a few, like the NSC. I have the CSCS. There's gonna be a lot of letters here. That's <laughs> be fine. A lot of, you, can, you, have, can you break down what the acronyms y- stand for? Yeah, I have the CSCS, which is Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. That's through the NSCA, which is the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, the CFSC is a certified functional strength coach. That's through um, that's Mike Boyle's cert. He's out of Boston. He's one of the best, one of the one of the better guys in our industry. Also a Springfield graduate. Um, and then certified conditioning coach. That uh, certification is through Joel Jameson. Uh, he is a conditioning coach to a lot of MMA dudes. That's kind of how he got his. His uh, shtick. Also, have functional movement screen certified. That's through a physical therapist. All these guys kind of created their own stuff. There is a governing body, but like they kind of created their own systems just from being um, just really successful in their fields and knowing their shit and working with the best people in the world. So, so you're kind of taking the best guys in the industry. You are taking classes to become certified in different aspects of the overall health and wellness and fitness industry to kind of be able to put together a package where you can offer your clients a full service, not just training, not just how to do movements, not just how to stand, you know, good in the gym and not hurt yourself, but also how to eat, how yeah. to live and how to how to move through the different uh, parts of a fitness regimen safely and efficiently. Yeah, it's not just. Yeah, that's and you know what? I don't want to get into this too early, but like that's what happens with training, right? Like training is a job where people look at it like almost you know any, anyone really could do it. You can get a, a really dinky certification, and and you could get a, a, a two day certification and just go into any edge fitness clubs, and they'll hire you, um, and that's it. And your continuing ed is you don't have to do it. They don't push you at certain places, certain gyms. It's always the guys that want to learn more, guys or girls that want to learn more and keep pushing. They're like, you know, let me find the best in the world and, like, let me figure out what they're doing and see if I could take some stuff from them. Um, That's why I'm at Equinox. That's why I finally found – I feel like I finally found a home with them because it's, like, the continuing ed is insane. It's literally, you know, not to jump ahead, but, like, that's why I started my podcast. I wanted to talk to the best fucking people in the world. That's it. Who's the best? What do you know? How could it help me or my clients? That's it. So uh, guys like Ripito? I like Ripito. I loved Ripito when I first started. He's very, I mean, shit works. It's simple. Him, like Jim Wendler. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys are not familiar, Jim Wendler was an, ex, an ex-West Side Barbell guy. Um, he came up with the strength program, 531. I ran that shit for like two and a half years. I still do it with people. It shit just works. It's simple. I like guys that are straightforward. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a lot of shit out there uh, with Instagram and, <laughs> and everything. If you're a hot dude or hot chick, you could just fucking, you don't need a certification. You have 3 million followers because you're hot and you could sell whatever the fuck you want. 
Um, but that's not the route I wanted to go. No, that's the thing. There's a real saturation of uh, pseudo-professionals in your industry, it seems like. Uh, fly-by-night operations or people, for that matter, who, you know, maybe they know how to do the movements and they're just focused on get in the gym every day, do this, do this, do this. Uh, now, you take a more science-based approach is what it seems like. So um, I think there's a common misconception, and tell me if I'm wrong, that uh, people feel like you need to lift weights five, six days a week to bulk. You know, you got to do cardio seven days a week. What Now, what what is the... What does the professional say about this, the science on this? I, I heard that there's some conflicting information where uh, like there's, a, rest, a rest period might be. Yeah, there's – you could literally – this is going to be a long one, but you can literally find a study to back up almost anything, like anything in the fitness space. Aerobic cardio is the way to go. That's it. Long, steady state cardio. And then there's another study saying, no, that's bullshit. You can get effects with high intensity cardio. You can lift heavy and that's the only way to get strong is the, you know, like a West side barbell, like maximal effort method, which is where you're lifting like a heavy one to three rep max and you have to move shit fast on a dynamic effort day. And that's it. You got a max effort and then max speed and then repetition method in the middle. Right. There's also you know, plenty of bodybuilding programs that get people stronger and they never do, they never go below reps of 10. They're doing just 10 to 15. You could gain strength and muscle like that. It really depends on the person, their goals, what the fuck they want to do, their time. Are they sleeping enough? Are they eating enough? It's not like, uh, the, most of my time, especially with my demographic now, I mean, they're all middle-aged people, right? They're all, have kids, they have jobs, and at Equinox, they have serious jobs. <laughs> so, like, they are the top in whatever industry they're in. So when they come in to get training and they're paying a good amount for you, you need to know your shit. We're dealing with CEOs, guys that went to law school, own multiple companies. Like, they're not fucking around, for lack of better terms. So you got to be on your shit, and there's – you got to, you know – you got to plan it towards, you got to go towards their goals as well. There's, there's a million different things you could do. You got to try it and see what works for people. That's all. So like in medicine with all the advances in genetics, how we are now looking at how to build medicines for specifically for people, for the individual, um, how have advances in, in this type of, um, genetic, uh, research helped you build, kind of a personalized approach to the weight loss or, you know, to the muscle building? You're saying drug-based or just like research Not, in my field well, in general? Just just research research in your field and, and advancements in, in kind of personalized weight loss programs where it's not just, you know, everybody drink this shake right. twice a day right. because it's going to, it's some magic. I, we know everyone's body chemistry is different. Like you said, yeah. some people need the hit training. Some people need the long cardio. Right. So how, how do you use technological advancements to personalize programs for your clients? Not just in genetics, but all the new technology. Right. All as far as honestly, like the, the most simple thing you can do, uh, this is what I've done and I've focused on. And as someone that's, done bodybuilding and powerlifting and fucking hurt themselves. We and definitely want to talk about I thought, Yeah, we'll get into that. Oh, yes. Uh, and you should talk about that with Anthony, too. Anthony was an actual powerlifter and strong as fuck. But, um, yeah, there's the most basic thing you could look at, believe it or not, 
is breathing mechanics on somebody. It sounds ridiculous. And I thought it was so dumb. Breathing mechanics on people and their movement patterns. Like that's that's the biggest thing. Breathing also affects their movement. If people are stressed out, they're breathing from up here, they're not breathing from the muscles they need to do, things are tight. You'll find that most people's tightness and everything gets cleared up when you have them just take lay on the ground, take five of the deepest breaths you can manage. And they get up, and people that couldn't touch their toes can now touch their toes. I've heard of that stuff. And so it's I just should, it's I should definitely try this before I try to tie my shoes in the morning. Well, it's just you have two sides of your nervous system. You got parasympathetic, which is like rest, digest, relax, and sympathetic. Sympathetic is fight or flight. Let's fucking go. And let's face it, most people like that. I'm all, I only do high intensity four days a week. I'm not losing any weight because you're not recovering. You need the other side doesn't matter what the fuck you do or how many reps and sets. If you don't eat enough and sleep enough, nothing matters. If you're not getting your rest in, it's all you're just digging a hole. Training well now, is digging in order, a hole. In order to build muscle, we're not just like it's not like you have a layer of muscle and then you do some exercises and that layer of muscle secretes a new layer on top of it. <laughs> no, that layer of muscle that you have is tearing yeah. and ripping and breaking and Almost like scar tissue. It's not scar tissue, but almost like scar tissue. It builds new layers on top of it as it heals and tries to strengthen that area. You break it down. You All literally it, I break tell, it. When I tell people... It sounds counterintuitive. We're in the gym. I'm like, you see all this cool stuff? All this equipment? All this dope? These weights? None of this builds any muscle or burns any fat. And they look at me like, what? I'm like, all you do is break shit down when you're in here. Does not matter. If you don't eat enough, <laughs> if you don't sleep enough, Nick's too high and he's dropping water bottles. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Very unprofessional. But that, that's, that's, all, that's all it is. It literally is. People think training is like you could just – and when you're young, you can fucking get away with it. Or if you're on some sort of anabolics, you can get away with it. So you're doing the work to break stuff down, and then it's up the to recovery you to build it up. and your body is rebuilding it. You're just breaking down muscle tissue, and you need to eat other muscle tissue to recover, like so like meat and you know protein. So yeah, so like that, that so that's why there's. What's your What's your thoughts on um, the proper regimen for recovery? Are you eating a couple hours before you go to the gym? Are you eating something high in protein after the gym? Are you taking in the branch chain aminos before you go? Like break down. Uh, what is your What's your What's your Again, it's all it's all based on the person. I could tell you what I do though, but um, for me, like I have a little bit. Do have some sort of protein and carb. Every every meal has protein. That's just how it is. Whether it's a shake or eggs or steak or whatever it is. Uh, I keep the carbs kind of minimal throughout the day if I can. Uh, lately, it hasn't been the case with all this comedy shit. I've been up late and wake up and I eat like a fucking animal. Lots of french fries. Lots of french fries. It's been bad. But um, usually, you know, after, you know, a little some fats here and there throughout the day. Usually what they recommend is post-workout protein and carbs, not too much fat just because fat is going to slow the um, – digestion down a little bit of protein and carbs. That's what you want to replenish right after you're done, whether it's a shake or it's steak and rice. So most people, I think, associate carbs with energy, but they also associate carbs with what makes them gain weight. Mm. Most people these days, uh, I believe we've switched our bodies to run on carbs. Now, in a pre-agricultural society, 
there weren't too many carbs readily available. Right. So we ate mostly meats, which you were talking about the fats. I kind of want you to get into and break down the difference between a fat-based diet, which people are now referring to as like a ketogenic diet because it, it causes your body pr- to produce the ketones, ketones and go yeah. through ketosis, which is the process of your body breaking down fat for fuel. Yes. That's what fat is. When A fat is literally a store of fuel so that your body can yeah. burn it in the lean times. Exactly. That's all. Um, that's all you, that you is. You cannot store carbs in your body. No, you can. You could store up to. I mean, you could store them. How like, do you in store muscle them, glycogen? There's muscle glycogen. So, but you're not storing the carbohydrate. It's trans. Well, any any carbohydrate you eat is going to turn into sugar. glycogen. Yeah. Like for example, like guys when they do shows, they deplete the fuck out of themselves, and then there's a carb up. There's like a two to three day like. Is this for bo- uh, for bodybuilding body for anything body. like? To, to fill the muscle tissue. It makes you look fuller on stage because you're coming in. Sometimes you're taking a diuretic, whatever the fuck it may be. And but a diuretic is a water pill? It, yeah, and it depends. On natural federations, I've only competed natural, and that's like some like herbs and shit, but like other guys will take like Lasix, which is oh. basically what they give people with high blood pressure. Um, it's a wild... We'll get into that later, but it's a wild sport. But so like, yeah, it's... it's um, so you want to know about basically like the high fat diet versus the high carb diet and why people are scared? Well, well, you were talking about your how you eat before and after the workouts, and you were saying fat slows stuff down. And I know a lot of people these days that are doing the keto diet would be wary yeah, to big, stay away from. They got to stay away from all the carbs, not a single carb. Now, your body needs a few carbs during the day to fuel you. Definitely needs something, and it also it's the the it's going to be really repetitive in this podcast, and might get annoying, but it literally depends on the person and what they could handle. When I've gone keto, I can't fucking sleep. I fucking don't feel great at all. My workouts feel like shit. But I know guys that have run fifty mile races keto. We're just different fucking people. You know what I mean? There's no shot. I've done keto, and I just lift weights. I don't run or any. I don't. I don't. None of that shit. I couldn't sleep. You know what I mean? Like after like two weeks of going keto, I feel like fucking shit. It takes about two weeks to a month for your body to adjust. And it's tough. And quite frankly, like it it also depends what you're doing. Like if you are, this is what keto has been really shown to work for a lot of people. If you are like very overweight or sick or something's wrong or you have cancer, absolutely. Like if you're super overweight and you don't move that much, you work at a desk all day. Keto might be the fucking answer. Yeah, I don't if you're doing CrossFit, no. Could you? Maybe. I haven't seen it yet. Those motherfuckers, the guys that compete at that level, they're not low-carbing it by any means. No, but and, and it, I almost feel like those are the types of people that can slip in and out of ketosis almost on a whim. Probably. They are fucking... That's a different... That's just like a different level of human. Yeah, that, they're yeah, just that's like... A different, that's a different thing. <sighs> yeah, people see... It's funny because people see like competitive CrossFit and strongman and bodybuilding and powerlifting and they're like, oh, that's not healthy. And like, this is like supposed to be health and fitness. I go, no, 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 no. It's performance. It has nothing to do with health and fitness. No, I'm that's not all a it CrossFit is. fan. When I was in shape, which now I'm in the shape of a pear. Because um, you're unbuckling your belt. <sighs> <laughs> Dude, I, this is earlier than the no, Greg's I'm podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you waited till the end. This one, you're like, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> no, 
When I was in shape, CrossFit was really becoming a thing. And um, I kind of hate CrossFit. Mm. I think it's stupid. I think it's a good way to hurt yourself. Mm. If you want to perform these crazy movements, uh, it's, it's almost like CrossFit focuses more on speed than form. Uh, as I see it being practiced, I'm sure there's like some real purists out there who are screaming right now. What are you talking about? Forms the most important thing in CrossFit, but I think it would be because I just think it looks like a really good way to hurt yourself if you don't know yeah. what you're doing. Like, make sure you spend a a good amount of time becoming very familiar with the movements in the gym before you go There's, try to run around a circuit and do them quickly. That's the thing is is I've interviewed a ton of CrossFit guys. Uh, one of the, the gym we used to do it out of was CrossFit Hartford. We lived up in Hartford. Brilliant coaches really well done that's a different animal i've seen it done poorly crossfit milford if you're familiar crossfit milford is they've been in the top as a team competing in crossfit they're in the top five every year for the last nine years jesus in the state or the nation jay jay layden in the nate in the world in the world they came CrossFit in second. CrossFit Milford. CrossFit milford connecticut they have over right 550 right over members right over there by keepers Yes, I think they moved a little bit, but it's still around that area. Right across Coach Jason Layden, Jay, Jay Layden, we had him on our podcast. He's sending fucking guys to regionals every year. Their team uh, competes at uh, the CrossFit Games almost every every single year. It's done right over there. Everything like when you talk to him, you I see what he's and and it goes back to the continuing ed. If you're not doing your continuing ed, it, it's just. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. You can look hot, and that's cool. That's fine. Again, like we talked about earlier with, like, dating. I don't give a fuck what you think about mm -hmm. me. Do I look super jacked? No. But I know more than that motherfucker. Probably. Most likely. Because I put the effort in, and I said, let me go find the best people in the world and talk to them. And I have them. And I got their numbers in my phone. Because I want to fucking be good at my job. That's what it comes down to. There's CrossFit can be done so poorly. So could powerlifting. So could bodybuilding. So could personal training. Anything can be done poorly. CrossFit is uh, interesting because it's done so much positive shit for the fitness industry as well. It's Getting people yes. like, because people will, will do, this is what will happen, right? And the, they'll go to the edge, pay 19 bucks a month. They have no guidance with their, they're like, I'm going to walk on the treadmill and do bicep curls. At least in a CrossFit gym, if it's well done, they're doing the shit they should be doing. They're deadlifting, they're squatting, they're doing Metcons, they're, they're working on mobility and strength. They're doing the right shit. They're not by any means are they fuck you know what I mean? And, but it is, could it be done poorly? Sure. Like I'll never, none of my clients never ever need to Olympic lift. There's no fucking need. I don't want Olympic lift. I hated it when I had to do it. So like it's just. Well, it's a good way to hurt yourself, period. Those guys are <laughs> You got to look at risk, risk those reward. Those guys are literally always hurt. Risk reward, but that's a performance thing, right? Like and these they, guys yeah, are. They, they push through. It's just like a football player or a professional. Like exactly. these guys are literally always hurt. It's always a cortisone shot they, or yeah. something that might help you get through, but won't necessarily help you not the, be right. hurt. The cool thing about CrossFit is what they've done as well is, um, you know, they have the CrossFit Open. Anyone can compete in the CrossFit Open, and there's scores, and you could see your ranking and ranked in your gym, and it's cool, it's competitive. It's a team environment. It's awesome, right? But when there's guys that don't compete at a high level, like if you're not trying to go to regionals or be a champion and you're redoing workouts, like, oh, I want to get a better time. It's like, what are you doing? Why? 
Jump unless on. you are competing. Performance is a completely different thing than health and fitness. It's a completely fucking different thing. People look at bodybuilding and all those guys on well, stage. They You look at them and you're like, this guy is all tan and jacked and smiling. That motherfucker is miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and he's dehydrated and he feels like everything's about to cramp on stage. You don't feel awesome. That's not like normal. You don't walk around like well, that. Well, I think that I think what you said CrossFit did a lot for health and fitness uh, to bring it kind of into the the mainstream and and make it be cool there was always like kind of in the earlier you know in the 90s and there was always like a a stereotype of a gym rat or like the steroid monster or the yeah. bodybuilder well, that's or, when bodybuilding was or, really big you too. know and it was like um and then there was there was hokey stuff they'd sell fitness products on the TV late at night so it was either like you were real serious or you were real hokey and then now it's like CrossFit has become something like you said that's more accessible for everybody it's very fashionable you have like Instagram models who are like moms and like all this other stuff that are kind of promoting the fitness lifestyle everything's you know you wear your little fans yeah your fit bits <laughs> and stuff and you have your stats 24 7 and i think it like the, that's it, it's, an interesting it's thing cool too. it's also oversaturation man like it's a lot just like how social media you could talk about how it plays on you know how like there, there's a guy i forget i forget his name but he was on rogan just talking about like depression in teenagers and like with instagram and snapchat like i know personally like i got He's the guy who wants to take the likes away jonathan hate John Hay, oh, I feel like I'm getting it wrong. But no, I know, it, yes, because Canada experimented with it. They took likes away for a little bit. But think about this, like, because we're, we're a little older, right? <laughs> Imagine, like, I just got, I got Facebook when I was 18. And then I think once I was like 24, 25, I got on Instagram. Pretty sure that's, that's how it went. I was 12 when I was first on Facebook. See, and you're a little younger, wow. right? So do you remember, Nick, you're my, you're a little bit older than me, but you're, we're like around the same age. 34 years old. So, like, when did you get on, like... It's happening so much younger I now. resisted until I think 24 Yeah, when you have old, a little bit of a brain. I resisted. And you're not. I didn't I, even want to get on Facebook. I couldn't even fathom. One, a, a lot of my, uh, one of my friend's younger sisters, she's about 19. But when she was younger, we'd be at the house. We'd be chilling. She'd put her phone down for 10 minutes and then pick it up. And there's 40 Snapchats. From all her friends. And imagine like being on Instagram and like you like a girl, but she just liked this other dude's photo or made a comment. And now you're thinking about it's for the high school brain fucking too much. I know for me, we didn't have that shit. You know what I mean? Well, you used to be able to go home after school and you'd disconnect play, and you'd play, play with, a game. You'd, you'd, you'd play with the neighborhood kids who you might see in school. You, you, they might go to a private school. You might go to one. They, they, you know, the public school, whatever. But like you had the neighborhood kids. There was always like neighborhood friends because you'd go home. Yeah. You'd do your homework. You'd pretend to do your homework. You'd tell your parents you had no homework and you'd go outside and you'd play with the neighborhood kids till the streetlights came on. Yeah. And then even after the streetlights came on, you'd hang out on someone's stoop or in someone's driveway or garage or backyard or terrace or lobby or whatever. And and you'd knucklehead around until your parents stuck their head out the door and called yeah. you in. And these were your friends. These were like very close relationships that you had. Like I said, you might not be in the same friend groups in school, but you came home and you could disconnect. You could just now you're dealing with that bull or you played a sport like, uh, you know, Anthony was about to come in here. He could tell you for for high school like this was our this was four years of high school for us. It was 
We had a month off after football season. That was really about it. The rest of the year was multiple days a week of waking up early, getting into school an hour before, running, showering, going to class. That was three days a week, and then you lifted after school in the off season. Then during the season, from fucking the bell rang at 1.50, and from 2 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., we had an hour lifting, hour of film, three hours of practice. So fuck football. Yeah, this is just football. So fuck anything else. There was no time for anything else. As much I would as, go home and go to sleep. As much as the CTE is probably not <laughs> is probably not good for the kids, and as much as they're probably going to be changing the game of football, um, I think that what it does for building a child's self esteem, building a child's social skills, giving kids a healthy thing to focus on. A lot of kids uh, maybe don't have the best home lives. Right. They get really immersed in sports and that family, that camaraderie, that coach, that Sandusky that can just make you feel a little better. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, that you know that that coach that doesn't touch you in the locker room. That's just actually really, that's actually just really a no, nice, but that's just dude, really I, a nice guy actually trying to give back. You my know. coaches, my coaches were some of my biggest influences and biggest helpers and teachers and just heroes. in school and the, yeah you look up to those guys man you looked you, up to them you see them there and being older now you realize that these are not paid positions and if they are they're not paid much no not uh, a lot maybe at all. in some cities you're gonna get a lot of accolades like if you're a high school football coach on a winning team in texas that's a whole different world. You gonna yeah. get some. You gonna get some accolades, and maybe Roy Orbison Cadillac is gonna let you drive one of them new DVs. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> no, you know the programs were very important. Whatever I, the sports yeah, were, but I think it was were. always the football, and you were like the center of the school. And yeah, like, there was definitely that. It was a. Uh, Did you put kids in lockers? Were you a bully? No, we never had any of that typical high school shit. <laughs> Like everyone was fucking cool with everyone else. No one cared. No, I went to I went to <laughs> we De La, I went, to, I went to De La Salle High School for a They're little while. They're pretty good at football, I, man. And, and, the fo- <laughs> and, the, and the football players would come to you know. It's funny you and Greg both knew about De La Salle. I don't think and I told Anthony you went to De La Salle, and he was like, "What the fuck?" Uh, and I I'm into football. I love it. That dude's a fucking oh freak. yeah. No, I've He's met, a freak. I've met Bob Latticer and um. You but, could talk uh, about this shit with him. He'll love but, it. But but no, the football players would wear a suit to school on Friday. Yeah. The cheerleaders would wear their whore outfits. <laughs> and, I used um, to wear cheerleading outfits. I was like, fuck this. I'm not wearing <laughs> Coach, I'm not wearing my jersey. I'm wearing the fucking cheerleading outfit. And he's like, all right, you got it. And I looked great. <sighs> Nothing's sure changed. Back then. Just with your balls <laughs> hanging between your knees coming for down real man yeah well de la salle the catholic high school right so they de dressed la salle a, little, was a jesuit high school yes, yeah so they dressed the, yeah and across the street was um the girls school carondelet we called it caronda slut you guys are clever man yeah we were <laughs> real classy de la salle dude that's so cool but no you're definitely right you're speaking to the point of like and this is I'm going to preface this real quick by saying like doesn't you don't need to play a sport to be a responsible human in life that doesn't always correlate but I will say this where I was from the kids that quit ended up not doing so well the rest of high school I don't really know where they're at now some of them fell down on you know a little bit of a hole but 
not saying because they quit football. Maybe that's just their personality or whatever they were destined to do. But some of the kids that quit by senior year, you're like, what the fuck happened? It's to this community kid? though, right? It's like. It's yeah, a, it's a real bond, and I think that's something that's missing in a lot of people's lives, especially in the last decade or so. Well, it's it's it's, it's, it's you, and, you and nailed the bonds. The, the bonds it. in sports are sim, and don't, this is like a real loose association, but sports are basically our watered down version of battle. Yeah, it's just battle. Yeah. So you're going through hardship, and it's war, I, and I say hardship with air quotes because like, oh, yeah. then there's. Uh, our armed services that are going through real battle. Real fucking. Yeah, and, like and you they, build, they, build, they build similar bonds. They build similar oh, yeah. bonds, very strong bonds, because when you go through adversity, when you're down, and you got to struggle to come back and push through the pain because you're spent in the 10th hour, this builds bonds in the community, like Jesse was saying, where it's it, 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 it builds character. Yeah. Like, it, you just want to fucking... You, you, you get a sense of... of of sacrificing a little bit of the individual for the good of the greater, you know. Yeah, when team. you when we were in games, I could vividly remember, and Anthony can tell you this. You could just remember, like, if things weren't going your way or whatever, you're like thinking, "Hey, man, why did you wake up three days a week during the fucking winter when it was zero degrees to go run in the gym?" Like, you turn back on that, and you're like, "All right, like, I didn't do all that for this to be shitty." I'm trying to fucking win. You know what I mean? That's how I feel sometimes too. Like I didn't, when I, I, I went to community college first cause I did very poorly in high school. Like I'm talking like a 1.2 GPA. Why, you, why did you even graduate? No child left behind president Bush, baby. <laughs> That's how God. I got through. Um, I wasn't, I was, I literally with my GPA and I was in classes with kids who had like behavioral issues. I was just a fucking idiot. I think that, you that had was a like behavioral <laughs> issue as no, well. No, no. That I will fight you on hand and with foot. With a 1.2 GPA. No, this no is what this is what I did in high school. Born I was with like, CTE. I just want to fucking I just want to play football and like lift weights. I'm not gonna do homework. It had nothing to do. I wasn't a dick. My teachers loved me. I had teachers that were like <laughs> my senior year that was straight how up like. You, how did you perform? Don't on come. The how don't did you just don't come. I'll tests. give you a B. It's happened in two. How did of my you classes. perform on the tests? Terribly. See, here's the thing. During high school, I, I did nothing. Right. I abstained from homework, but performed very well on all the tests. So I was able to creep by with like a low C average. No, I just said fuck this. It was dumb. It was dumb looking back. But I got I, again. I had good mentors and coaches. I got off stage at graduation. My English teacher. He 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 taught senior year English, but basically it was for like, hey, you fucked up for the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you idiots are now in one class together, and I'm gonna try to get you to pay attention. We need he was to a get young you a couple credits. Yeah, <laughs> he was a young, in shape guy, Mr. Ryder. Was one of my fucking favorite people. I got off stage at graduation. He gives me a hug and he goes, "All right, man, the fuck are you gonna do now?" <laughs> high school's over. This is it. No one's gonna help you. Like you gotta figure it out. And so I went to Housatonic for two years, and then I got tried three times to get into Springfield. Once I found out exercise science was a thing, I was like, that's a fucking thing you can do? I can do what I love and, and Spring make money. Dude, blew my mind. One of my friends from where I lived in New York and one of my friends from Connecticut, they met at my 18th birthday party, and they were both going to Springfield. And they're like, let's be roommates. And so I went up to visit them, and I was like, yes, yeah. like, what major are you guys? Like, exercise science. And I was like, what? You can fucking do that? So I tried three times to get into Springfield, got in on the third time just because I couldn't pass college algebra. But I got, a, I got out of college with a 3-0. 
You know what I mean? So like I, I pushed hard. It's going back to the hard work thing. What I said in the beginning, I didn't take it for granted. I was like, I worked so hard to get here and I saw kids fucking it up in college that were like, Oh, they just fucking let it. You know, I would get in fights with kids, not physical fights, but like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You're here wasting your parents' money, bragging about how they're not doing shit. And like, oh, fuck it, I so, failed. And I'm so like, why are you taking this for granted? So you're obviously very dedicated to fitness and you're very dedicated to uh, kind of taking care of your body that you chose to go to college and, and make a career of it and choose, you know, that's something that you want to do for the rest of your life. And that's something, like you said, you do all the continuing education. Um, so you touched on bodybuilding a little bit, and that does that takes a lot of dedication too. That's something you have to want to do. You don't just oh hey man, you got a great physique, you should be a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah, that's how it starts. But then I'm sure you can explain more about what's I, I that I really wanted to go into that because I know that's a that's a murky, shadowy world. That's uh, a weird, yeah, but, it's a weird thing because I grew up with. Now you gotta understand, like going way so, back, like so. Uh, so hold on, for yeah. IF, IFBB. <laughs> yes. Drug testing. <laughs> they say they drug test. So does the WWE. Exactly. So does CrossFit. Exactly. They drug test. Now you said you were some sort of natural this or that. I was because I took. Now how strenuous? Wait, 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 hold up. Anabolic when you were younger? I took steroids from the ages of 15 to 19. How, well, oh, how did that maybe do that's why you didn't do well in high school? Like, how much did that fuck you up doing it? That Looking back, age? probably a lot. Like, how were you just were you A, you're a teenager. I moved from New York at the age of 14. I graduated eighth grade. I moved to a completely new state with all these fucking trees. And I moved to Connecticut and Monroe from Westchester County. And I was like, what the fuck is this place? I was blown away. Um, but. Yeah, I, dude, I was taking, uh, I took Andro. If you're not familiar with Andro, it's what Mark McGuire took. Uh, it was legal at the time. You could go to GNC and buy it. I think they made it illegal in like 03. Is that Anadrol? Uh, no, Anadrol is separate. Andro is a derivative. Anadrol? All steroids. Anadrol is what Brian Callen is, is like really No, it's Anavar. Anavar. Oh, Anavar, Anavar, Anadrol, yeah. Anadrol, you'll gain 15 pounds in two weeks. That, oh, so that I don't want to take that. That shit will fuck you up. Oh, no, 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 no. Oral steroids like D-Ball and, and Anadrol will How fucking about blow you up. Anavar, no, it's mild. Like bikini chicks take it that compete in bikini. So should I take it? You could, but let's like get you down a little bit and wait first. And so we want to do it. like a cut with some Winnie? <laughs> no, don't take any of that shit till the very end. That's like it's fine tuning those drugs. They're not going to get you from fucking, you know point z to point a. it's just not how it works but that's like fine-tuning shit like guys at high levels take that like bodybuilders take that shit okay so back to back to bodybuilding so like um, you want to know like why i got into it or why i decided I just, to do I it i just want to know about like uh what's the routine on let's say the week before a competition let's say now are you doing because i know there's physique no, and I'm doing bodybuilding. Yeah, now they have class. What's the difference? Explain the difference first between men's physique and bodybuilding competition. Physique is guys in board shorts. It's really all the difference. They're in board shorts, and they only have to do like two or three different poses. They kind of just stand there and do whatever. 
bodybuilding, you're in like the little bikini bottoms, pretty much. It's the, like a thong. The, the bodybuilding is where the creepy guys show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like the and you show your package, and you're tanned. Now, and you're do you shaved. stuff the package? Dude, no, I don't need to, bro. Are there guys that stuff the package? I don't think so. Some should. And is there <laughs> and is there a product that you can buy to like do a convincing stuff? Nah. Did you have to wax everything down there too? Shave everything. Just everything. We're going to invent one. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, like a sleeve that slides over your cock and makes it look bigger. But yeah, bodybuilding is fucking nuts, dude. It was nuts. I loved it ever since I was a kid, man. I love that. I, I mean, I had the Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding when I was thirteen. That's Arnold's book. So, it's so you love, you loved it, okay? And and but yeah, pictures you, of those guys yeah, on you my said wall. That every person up there. So you were enamored with it. Yeah, I used to buy. Fle- I used to read Flex magazine every month. I you love bodybuilding it. now. When you were magazines? doing it, <laughs> what? When you were doing it, did oh, you yeah. love it? No. Okay, you so didn't. You I didn't know. You, you don't know what it takes. Like, so this is how it happened. I for want me. you to break, break, break. This, this is down. how it happened for me. It was. March. No, 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 no. I didn't. I my first show wasn't until I right before I turned twenty five. I didn't do any. I lifted so like this, a bodybuilder so like and I o- took o- steroids. Eight, oh nine. No, what was I? Two thousand twelve, thirteen. Oh, so you're younger than me. When I was twenty five, okay. yeah. So, um, yeah, dude, it was uh, <laughs> it was like a progression of like basically. I remember it was March of two thousand twelve. I was super fat. I was like partying too much. I had, I got pneumonia, which like scared the fuck out of me. Oh, I've known guys who get pneumonia from partying. It really? Happens. No, it happens. Yeah, it, you just yeah. beat the fuck out of yourself yeah. immune system wise. And I was like, I was overweight. And I remember it was March is my birthday. And there was a, a picture of me at my grandmother's house <laughs> holding a birthday cake. And I was fucking, I was like, that's disgusting. I look terrible picture of you holding a bird like this smiling and like all fat and i remember seeing it and go and then you gotta realize that's it like who took the picture like your parents and your parents set you up for that one parents do (sighs) either way like oh look he's so cute little (laughs) fat boy with a birthday cake (laughs) fuck it needed to happen oh nicholas loves his cake (laughs) (laughs) let's take a picture no, it, it needed to happen, man. And then literally from that point on, it was from March. I was like 240. And then by November that year, I was like You're 190. 5'11"? I was, yeah, I'm 5'11". I was 190. I was shredded. But I wasn't training like a bodybuilder. I was doing more functional shit, full body. I was doing kettlebell swings, kind of lifting in a powerlifting-ish. I had like a max effort day, a dynamic effort day, all this shit, whatever. But long story short, I always loved bodybuilding. And I, the kids I used to lift with in college were bodybuilders, my buddy from home. He's like, dude, you should do a show. He goes, this is it. Like, you're lean enough. This would be so cool. I'm like, dude, that would be dope, right? Oh, man, be great. And he goes, all right. So it's holidays. He's like, take the next two, three months and just eat whatever the fuck you want. You need to gain a little bit of weight now because you're too lean. And then we'll cut you back down. I did that. It's two, three months. I went from like 190 to like 215 in like a two-month period. Just blew up. And then... We started my diet beginning of February. The show was March 10th. Ooh. So if you know anything about bodybuilding, a normal prep should be 16 to like 20 weeks out from a show. I had six weeks because I said I want to be done before my 25th birthday. Dumbest shit ever. I wrecked myself, dude. I went keto. I went keto. All this cardio and working out. My gut was fucked up. 
I had gut issues. I still have them. I got to be careful. But like ever since I did this show and I did it in March and I cut all the way down from like 215 to like 175. What the fuck? Yeah. In that's a six week period. That's like what Christian took Bale a, does. Took a diuretic. Okay. So, and this is another thing. My show ended March 10th. It was in Vermont. My show ended March 10th. A week later, it was St. Paddy's Day in the city. So I was 175 on stage in the city on St. Paddy's Day. I was 205 in a week. And I retained all the water back. I had like pregnant woman ankles. Like you could like push my ankles, stomach issues. Five months later, I became lactose intolerant. Never happened to me in my life. Wait, are you still lactose intolerant? Yeah. <laughs> I think eventually when I took, I took a, not to get too far ahead, but I took a did genetic testing for my nutrition and it said my gene type becomes lactose later in life. You just lose the enzyme. That's so all. I, I accelerated it by stressing my body out and doing what the fuck I did to it. I just accelerated the... Did you feel strong or just... No, you feel like you're going to fucking die. All right, all right. Milkman, back to, <laughs> back, to, back to the week before. So it's the week before the competition in Vermont. Yes. And uh, you wake up. Breakfast. <sighs> breakfast was probably... What time is it? Oof. I had to do cardio fasted and depends where the gym opened. So this is like 7.30 and this is after doing like an hour of cardio probably. So it's 7.30. I was drinking diet soda just so I wouldn't kill myself. So I had some sort of taste, but it was like six eggs over easy. Um, How was your blood With sugar a diet during? soda. Yeah, I know. People are like, oh, that's not healthy. It's like, again, this is not about health. This is about getting... <laughs> from point A to point B. So this is egg, not about health eggs, and longevity. Six <laughs> eggs over easy with a diet soda. With a diet soda so I wouldn't kill myself. So basically the, the, the diet broke down to this. It was three food meals a day and three shakes a day. Okay. Six eggs in the morning were the food meals. Lunch was chicken and almonds. And then dinner was steak and salad with a lot of olive oil. The three shakes in between each meal, they were just 50 grams of whey protein with two tablespoons of natural peanut butter. That was the whole diet. So what type of uh, what type of way? So you're using a way that is uh, high in dietary fiber, so you don't have any of the carbs or. No, at that point, it's just we used Optimum Nutrition Way, if I remember right. That was my favorite brand at the time. Optimum Nutrition was actually pretty. Optimum good. Nutrition, 100% whey. Their their shit is it's the fucking best. If you want whey, I can't now. I can't have it anymore because I'm lactose. But plenty of other plant based shit I could have now, but. It's um. So yeah. you did your cardio. It's seven thirty. You just ate your six eggs and had your diet soda. What's next? Uh, went to work at the time. I was working for Anthony, who you're about to have in here. I was working for Anthony. He saw me go through this whole fucking thing. Okay. I'm, uh, so in terms of your fitness regimen, what's next? Uh, work out later that night. Wh- which is what strengthened. It usually it, for bodybuilding, it was broken down by body part. Back day, leg day, arm day, back and buys, chest and tries, shit like that. That's really what it was. So back and buys, chest and tries, and that's um, that's because a lot of the chest movements also hit your triceps. Yeah. Like so you're the, like the, the I know the bench press also hits the triceps. Right. Like they're a secondary triceps are a big part of bench pressing. Um, on a ba- on a back presses. day, your secondary muscles you are going to be using your biceps and your forearms. Okay, so but again, there's a million ways to so do it. So you kind of are of the pairing the secondaries with what? Yeah. So that you start. You always start with the biggest thing. movement, compound movement. Back day was usually a deadlift. You started with chest day was a bench press, leg day was a squat, and then you just went down the line from there, from there to 
machines in the end. You were just trying to burn yourself out um, and do all this fucking cardio. I was up to... So was this... This is after lunch. What time are you eating lunch? It really depends. Probably noon, honestly, because it was probably like... It was every two to three hours. So like, say if I had food at 7.30, we'd go to like 10 a.m., It'd be, I'd have a shake, then like two, two and a half hours later was a food meal again, then another shake, then another food, you know what So I mean? this is like over an eight hour period? Yeah, it's all And then you're day. intermittent fasted for the rest of the day? <sighs> no, you could eat, if you're, if you are going, my coach at the time was like, if you're going to stay up late, you got to keep eating. And I was like, not like. And that's because why your shit. body just constantly would just, your body is just such a. It's such a big engine that if it's well at that and, point you're doing running, so it's just much burning yeah you've already burnt off Dude, all like, your fat you have nothing yeah. left in reserves you're gonna burn muscle yeah the funny <laughs> this is a funny story we got Jesus. to we got to um the show was in Brattleboro Vermont bodybuilding show in fucking Vermont Jeez. it was actually fun but uh, it was me and like ten of my friends it was my buddy's grandparents have a cabin there haven't been up there in a while this is the middle of March. And so we go up there and the whole driveway is covered in like five feet of snow and it's my buddies and whatever. And I go, they're like, Oh, we got to shovel in or else we're not be able to park. So <laughs> we, we shovel, um, or they start shoveling. I get, I go to get out of the car to start shoveling. And my coach is like, no, 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 you stay in there. <laughs> Don't move. Like <laughs> just relax. This is like two days before he's like, you need to chill. You cannot help us. Don't do anything. I'll do it for you. And I was like, okay. It's like that, but hey, it got me out of shoveling, which was cool. But that so was that's, the only part. That's what, that's what, so that's what like, goes back to what you're talking about also when you're saying that some of these different steroids are for people who are kind of dialed in because they will cause like, like a thing. Now, you're at this level. You're to the point where like you eat six slices of bread for one meal or you have a meal of pasta and you can see it and feel it and really it affects you like yeah. meal for meal everything you're eating you're feeling the effect of right away yeah whereas Ooh. our diets i think as no, even just as a normal american like our diets are so cumulatively crappy <laughs> that if we do something like a little crappy yeah like it really doesn't you double dip mcdonald's usually every day Oh yeah, dude. I can I can go hard, and it's my body's like. Oh, no, thanks. when you see when you're that depleted, like example, up leading up to the show, the carb up is rice cakes and like peanut butter, and there you have like one or two at a time, which is like no more than like twenty, thirty grams of carbs. Like that's like it. Yeah, rice but cakes it's slowly, are, pretty are pretty low in carbs. Yeah, but like you're slowly adding, right? And then, so I was on stage that morning. They do what's called pre-judging. You go on stage, you flex, you do your thing, and they kind of have a choice of like, oh, I think we know who's going to do well. Um, and then you have a break. And usually that middle of that day of competition, you go and have a burger and fries. So, But after the burger and fries, I got on stage, it looked like a new person. Like the effects it had on your body was incredible. Like even my coach was like, fuck, he looks so much better right now. <laughs> we should have done this earlier. But it was wild. Like the, the change was like fucking immediate. It was crazy. Now, what do you do to get a little bit of pump before you go out there? Just like push-ups and you shit. You get a couple push, couple You diamonds. do push-ups. You have people like doing diamonds. curls with like bands in the back and towels. There are weights. If a show's well run, they will have actual weights that you can use like dumbbells. 
you only pump. The weird thing is, is you only pump your upper body. You don't do legs because you want your legs to be shredded. And they could, there's a lot of blood down there. They're big muscles. So you want your legs to be shredded. Like even a week out, you don't you do your last leg workout a week out from the show. You don't touch your legs. To let it recover. Let, let them recover, A. And B, just you want them to be shredded. Like, you know what I mean? You just want them to be fucking... And there's a lot more blood down there, so... Why would it look more shredded from not, not doing, doing it? Because you're just drying yourself you're, out you're, and you're, you're telling adding me, oh, I know what, you know what I mean. I have no clue. <laughs> I don't think most people know that. So, so there's no guys, no guys are doing like squats, like in the back to really get a pump or deadlifts. None of that shit. It's all upper body shit to get a pump. And I believe it's just because the legs are just too taxing. It's just too taxing. And at that point, you need to fucking conserve all your energy. Like, well, it's easy for your heart to pump blood to your legs. Yeah, very easy. Super, they're fucking huge. You get up and walk like they're big muscles. So, like, at that point, it's about you're already shredded and just pump up the top shit. And if you have big – I mean, it, you either have big legs or you don't. You either have it or you don't. Nothing's going to change too much that day. You know what I mean? Okay. You either have it or you don't. So Now, how did you end up at Equinox? Out of all places. <sighs> long, long journey, dude. So I've been in the fitness industry working professionally since 2011 when I graduated. My first job out of college was... Don't tell me it's GNC, was it? No, I worked there in high school. Oh. I worked at GNC. <laughs> no, you don't get a degree from Springfield and go work at fucking GNC. Maybe if you have a DUI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, it's true. But... um. No, I got out of the industry, or I got out, I'm sorry, I got into the industry. I graduated college 2011, and as soon as I graduated, I got a job with my first boss. His name's Jim Ronay. He's out of Milford. He was a physical therapist, athletic trainer, fucking worked with, like, Olympic teams, worked with professional baseball teams. He had two sides of his business, though. He had the PT side um, and then the athlete training facility side. So I did both. He offered me. I, I came out of college, and I was, I did my internship at the University of Missouri, with the strength and conditioning team there, or with the, with the uh, strength and conditioning department with the football team, was there all summer. And I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then I did it, and I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I want to work with athletes, but not at a collegiate level. Maybe high school would be more. Moved home. I worked at the Westport Senior Center in the mornings, 8 to noon, and I would train old people. And wow. I thought, this is bullshit. But then you come to find out seniors have the same needs as like other people. They're just trying to be strong. Like, it's cool to get someone that squats 700 pounds. Like, yeah, this is fucking dope. But, like, they're just trying to, like, get out of a chair and, like, be less of a burden on their family. Like, real, they want to go see their grandkids graduate and they want to be able to get on a plane mm-hmm. as and we, not be afraid of as falling. As we get older, we break down. I think that's something that we could touch on, too. So, as a trainer, what are some things that you recommend people do? Hold on. You didn't finish how we got to Equinox. Yeah. yeah. I didn't finish, Nick. Oh, I thought I was really excited about seeing this. <laughs> I really care about our Well, I did that. Population. So, long story short, I was at Competitive Edge and worked for Jim Rone for four years. So, in the morning, it was seniors. Uh, from 2 p.m. on, I would be at, like, St. Joe's High School. I worked there. And then this facility in Milford training high school athletes. That was, like, four years. Then I took a brief. I didn't know if I wanted to keep training. I thought I was going to go back to school, physical therapist, something. Like, I don't know. Like, because I was driving around. It's all hourly. There was no salary. Um, and then my buddy Anthony was about to come in here. His dad offered me a job uh, with their shipping company. And he said, you could train people at night. But, like, you come do sales for me, you'll be great. And I thought he was, like, bullshit. I was like, oh, he's just being nice. But then he was like, no, I want you to do it. Gave that a quick shot. That was there a year and a half. Um, that was that was interesting. 
you know, going from a gym job to a corporate job. And then I got back into fitness kind of full time from there. I worked at the edge for a hot sec in Fairfield. That was a nightmare. And then probably the turning point for me in my career as a whole, I was at the gym in Ridgefield. It's now Fit Club in Ridgefield. Yeah. I was there for two years. I saw my boss before he was my boss speak at a seminar. And again, I was like, this motherfucker's smart. I need to go where this guy is. And a few months later, I applied, got the job. And that shit changed my life because I was about to go back to like, I thought, and my grandmother kind of put this in my head. I thought I needed a master's degree. I needed a doctorate in physical therapy to like, it, it was a status culture driven thing when right. it wasn't like, it wasn't actually practical. When I was at Ridgefield, this, this one woman kind of working with her kind of changed my life. She, she worked at, or she was being worked with at the physical therapy place that was underneath our gym in Ridgefield. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. Kept having back spasms. Couldn't. She had to get like a limp almost. It was bad. They sent her to us because my boss upstairs is brilliant. He did an assessment on her. I watched him. And he goes, they're going to do these drills with her and we're going to hammer this with her. And we'll share. And I said, cool. I saw this 64-year-old woman go from deadlifting like a 10-pound kettlebell off of multiple blocks because she couldn't reach down too far because her back would go into a spasm to deadlifting a 60-pound kettlebell almost from the floor and being like, oh, I'm not in any pain and walking better. And I was like, I don't need these letters or to go in more debt to help make a change. I don't need it. No. Those, those, all those people with doctorates downstairs couldn't fucking figure this out. And I'm up here <laughs> figuring well, it like out. The, the, right, the right training program. Again, can, it goes back to the beginning. Can help yeah. Tremendously. Are you familiar with DDPY? No. It's the program that Diamond Dallas Page developed. Oh, DDP Yoga. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, yeah. He doesn't like to. Again, he, not he to keep to bringing differ, up Anthony. To, Anthony and his wife are the ones that showed me that shit. He wants to differentiate himself from yoga, so he, he likes to call it DDPY. No, but, Just so you, but that yes, shit has changed yes, people's lives. It, and and this is a man with, like, literally broken, broken oh, back. Oh, it's that guy who broke his they, back and They told himself. him he would never be able to walk right again, and he is... Do an amazing shit. That's it's a very different, and that's what happens with like. I you saw know. I saw Vance Hines. I don't know if you know who Vance no. is. Uh, he was the guy who was inspired by Burt Kreischer. Um, no, I didn't to know. lose. He's lost over a hundred pounds. That's really cool. And went through this huge transformation. I've become uh, good friends with him on Twitter. Um, he's like the district attorney somewhere in Texas, and uh, used this DDPY to just lose tremendous amount of weight. Again, uh, different shit works for different people. Well, I, it's, like it's, that motherfucker does not have a PhD. He did not go to Springfield. He did not have a training certification, but he was trying shit. And he's like, I think I could help people. And it, that shit works, man. Like creating tension and like all, all the, it all lines up. You got to find what the fuck you like and what works for you. You know what I'm saying? That's all it is. It's like, it's, and it sounds so like almost like a cop out of an answer, but it really is it. Now, how, how do you, you know, you work at Equinox, a pretty high-end gym. How do you, you know, if someone wants to get in shape or someone's hurt themselves over time and they have been right in a couple of years and they can't afford, you know, a nice trainer or to go to somewhere like, you know, gym in Ridgefield because that's a nice spot. Yeah. Like, how do they, how would they approach actually starting to heal themselves and get better? I mean, it all starts with an assessment, their goals. Tell me about your injuries, what happened to you, this, this, and that, all that stuff. Um, like for example, I, as I, I mean, I, it's why I like Equinox. 
they do have like a system in place. It's very corporate. And some trainers, if you have a big ego and you go in there, you're going to have a problem because it's cool. Like you have what's called an Equifit, which literally is sitting down. You talk to them for 15, 20 minutes, do a bunch of assessments, body fat. And for me, I'll probably take them through breathing drills and show them how they move and how things can improve really quickly. Try to show them like almost like kind of tricks here and there to like feel a little bit better. Just so they're like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. And then the next time you see them, you give them a complimentary workout. And then from there, they decide whether to work with you or not. So it's really up to you to sell them. You know, it's you have to listen to the person more so about it's not about like I went to Springfield and I have all these certifications and blah, blah, blah. They don't give a fuck. Are you cool? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be annoying to talk to? (laughs) I spend so much time with these people. I mean, imagine a jet like. I'm one-on-one with people anywhere from one to two, two to three times a week. One-on-one for an hour. You're forced to, you know what I mean? It's more than a therapist. That's what I'm saying. It's back-to-back-to-back. Yeah. To back to back. You know, you're talking to people all day. So, like, they want to know you're knowledgeable. Yes, that demographic, absolutely. They, they Google you anyway. <laughs> they look up all your shit, yeah. and they like to know what the credentials Equinox mean. and Southport, they probably got, like, a They know that. They know, like, you. under the Equinox umbrella, but even individually, they'll look at trainers, and, like, they'll Google what all those acronyms i gave in the beginning Mm -hmm. what the fuck do they mean why does he have five of them is he better like what does that mean so they look at that um yeah it's very interesting man like it's just it's an interesting uh but that it it really just depends man it really depends but that's the it's all assessment talking to them getting to know them and then you just you know they got to trust you from there and you just got to like guide them the right way pick the right exercises in that first workout that's big too once you pick the wrong thing and they're either it hurts them or it doesn't feel good. Like you're almost dead in the water. They you need to be able to show them what the fuck is up. You Would you I mean? open your own gym at never. some point? Never, never, not in this. I've never thought about that ever. It's a lot of paperwork. I'm just yeah, and it's I'm like not being good. A, it's like I'm being not a bar, good. It's like being a bartender and then being like, oh, I think I'm gonna open my own bar. I'm really good at making people's drinks, and then you realize you got to do staffing, you got to do inventory, you got to do ordering, you got to. Deal with insurance yeah, dude, people. I am not that guy. I like going to Equinox. I make good money. My manager has been my friend for three years. It's kind of how I got the job. She told me about the new gym opening, and that's how she. I was living in Hartford, and then she's like, "You should move back." And I had a few interviews, and they told me what it involved, and I was like, "She was right." Hartford sucks. <sighs> it was cool. Hartford, West Hartford area. Oh, well, West, West Hartford. I mean, West Hartford. Nice. You gotta specify. I was literally like the West End of Hartford, like. Mm-hmm. West Hartford, and then one, two, three streets into Hartford. That's where I was. So, like, I was, like, a mile and a half away from Bar Taco in West Hartford where we used to go out all so the you're time. Right near Elizabeth, I could walk to Elizabeth Park. Oh, I was right off Farmington okay. Ave. I could walk right there. Yeah. So, believe it or not, I don't know you from the gym. You don't? I actually know you because you are a... Pretty fucking funny stand-up <laughs> comedian. You're the couldn't dude tell hosts, from my set last you're night. The dude, <laughs> you're the dude who hosts the Sea Grape every Monday. Yeah, sea Grape at 11:44 Reef Road. <laughs> it's a great curated comedy show. Nick is the host. I'm um, the host. It's like the godmother to a bunch of mentally talk ill about the Sea Grape a little bit real quick and. What would you like to know? Yeah, How just, it started? Just, no, 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 not even. I'm just, you know, just last night we sent off Ben Kirsch. Yeah. Who is a, a young comedian. I believe he's 19 years old. He's going back it's to crazy. Michigan State. Yeah. Um, he's going to get raped by you. 
well, at some point, somebody is probably going to have their way with that kid. Someone said something about, like, yeah, you're going to be sucking dick and, like, uh, you're probably sucking dick at college or something like that. I was going to go on stage after you. And what like, did, what I go, it's better well, than sucking him, Nick Breen's I, dick in jail. I, <laughs> but I forgot to say it. <laughs> what, did, what, did, what did I say to him? I think I, I said, I said, oh, first I told his parents that they were uh, – they weren't very smart that uh, he could have experimented with drugs and his sexuality at community college for a lot less money. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then I asked him if he was in a fraternity, and when he said no, I just pointed out that he'll probably be sucking dick anyway. <laughs> be the gimp. No, we got a lot of love for Ben Kirsch. But no, I thought it was really cool last night. Just uh, I was outside. Um, <laughs> and I was smoking a cigarette. Yeah, dude, Nick's heavily involved at the Sea Great. Well, I was smoking. Outside. A, I was smoking a cigarette, and I and I just I looked in, and uh, on both sides of the bar, the bar is uh, an oval shaped bar. The stage is on one side, and there's a seating area, and then there's some standing room on the other side of the bar. I literally saw every eye riveted to the stage. You have built something where. Uh, Looks like we're getting some traction. I appreciate that, man. Greg's a big. Greg's a big part of that too. Oh obviously. yeah, Greg is. Greg is probably amazing. the biggest part. Well, Greg is amazing. You he he's the one who who pushed me to do it because I really didn't know what this stand up thing was going to be. My aunt again. I keep bringing up aunt, but aunt's about to come in here. He's the one who signed me up last year. This time, he's the one who signed me up and said we're going to the Stress Factory. And then I did it four times last year. That was it. And then I didn't really know. I didn't really know what this comedy thing was going to be. And I remember talking to Greg at the gym. I used to train Greg for like a hot second. And he was like, you do comedy? And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, I'm going to come and watch you bomb. And I said, okay. That's a pretty good Greg. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he was fucking funny. So he comes to Stress Factory. I went on stage that night. And I did really well. And he came off stage and he goes, fuck. And I go, what? He goes, I'm pissed. And I go, why? He goes, you're pretty good. I hate it. <laughs> That's then, funny. That's this. You know, you just told the same exact story that he told on the podcast. It? I mean, it's word what for word, yeah. but from the different perspective. That's what. And I was like, "What? What did I do wrong?" And then he's like, "Dude, you think there's a need for a mic around here? You should host it." And I was like, "Yeah, totally. I could. Ho- Me? What the fuck am I gonna host it? I'm not good. I'm, Sam's well, good. Like, Sam's a host. I'm not a host." He's like, "Dude, like." Try it. Fuck it. You'll figure it out. And I'm like, no, but like, what if? Because I am the o- classic overthinker, and I think of, I think 20 steps down the line when it's like, how about you just do it, and then see what happens, and just go with the fucking flow, and don't freak out. So, other than our Monday shows at the Sea Grape at eight o'clock p.m., eleven forty-four Reef Road. Is there anything else that you want to plug? Our show on the seventh that you guys are putting on pause for laughter. Do we talk about your show, thirty-first, which is? This will be coming out the 30th, right? Did we just talk yeah, about this, that? Yeah, this drops on the 30th. 30th, so it'll be the next day, the 31st. Uh, talk about that show, because I always I don't want to fuck it up. That's your, that's your spot. That show is an incredibly curated, special show, hosted. Is this your first time hosting, Nick? Your first time hosting a show? A yeah. comedy show? Oh, you're going to be hosting. Hosting my own show, yeah. It's very different. It means I get to do less comedy. And I don't have to be as funny. Yeah. And I like Mondays, but I hate Mondays for that reason, too. And it's, and it's not that I, I don't have to be as funny. You should probably be more funny. But, like, right. I don't know. I'm going to be less funny. <laughs> the host, I mean, Sam does a really good job at it, and so does Giancarlo. 
But it's tough. So it's that show is August 31st, 158 Bridgeport Avenue at The Grove. We just added Katie Vandermillen to the lineup. Of nice. Jack Stannard, Connor Simcox, myself, Nicholas Scopoletti, Ernest Bailey, Dan Brown, Alex Tomaselli, and now Katie Vandermillen. She's funny, man. It's going to be funny. Saturday. Uh, Saturday, September 7th, pause for laughter. At Trilogy. P-A-W-S. It's for uh, Dog Rescue. Again, I'm going to bring up Anthony. It's his cousin's foundation that like they kind of run. Oh, he's outside? <laughs> Good. I'm going to hug him when he gets in here. Um, And, uh, yeah, we got that. And then Fairfield Craft Ales, Friday the 13th, September 13th. Fairfield Craft Ales is at Honey Spot Road in Stratford. It's a great first show. Yeah. Yeah, I was there, what, like a week ago, two weeks ago? It was ago? like was over like, 50 people. It was packed. And they were like, these aren't our regulars. And I was like, really? So, like, I was like, okay. You're building is... something, man. Yeah, if, if that felt awesome. Uh, but that's 9-13. Bunch of people on that show I can't fucking remember right now. Um, and then me, myself, I will be doing the Broadway Comedy Club uh, September 14th, 6 p.m., uh, in hopes to win, like, a developmental spot, I believe. It's just five minutes. That would be great. Um so we're going to see. I've been putting together my best five. I'm trying to I talk to Bo McDowell about it. I sent him all my tapes. He's my little coach. And he was like, you should do this joke, this joke, this joke. So I'm working out, working it out. I like, figure it out. I like the strippers calling their dad joke. That's one of my that stripper, jokes. That's, that strip, that yeah. joke is definitely going to be in that's there. It's also, you got to understand, it's New York. So like I got to lay off like the uh, trans stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you can make sure you come out and see us August 31st, September 7th, September yeah. 13th, and September 14th. Make sure you come out. You can find all these dates on Unhinged Comedy on Instagram. On the Unhinged Comedy CT on Instagram. Yep. Follow my podcast, The Mangina Dialogues with Greg Alprin, the Greg Alicious. Follow him on Instagram. I, you can follow me at Nick Scopes. Uh, our website that Greg put together because he's great is www.unhinged-comedy.com, and you could literally see probably everyone that's ever going to be on this podcast or my podcast, our whole crew of comics is on there and you could click on their shit and find all their dates and whatever you need to find on their Instagrams and stuff. Greg linked it all up. So awesome. Thanks so much for coming out. Nick had a great time. Yeah. Thank you. you so I much. I love you. Marry me.